It's the Sean Pittman Show, where we talk about politics, sports, entertainment, and business. Here is your host, Sean Pittman. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the Sean Pittman Show. It is Sunday, it is fun day, and man, we brought in Willie Simmons. You've seen us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram talking about this FAMU football season. And man, what a great, great football season. Willie Simmons, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Doing amazing. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. Man, thanks for coming back, man. And I got to tell you, we, I do remember when you were with us before and you sort of predicted that y'all were going to kick a lot of butt this year. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you certainly did. And I want to get into the season in just a minute, but I want to first reflect uh, on, number one, this overall record. Nine and two, uh, but you know what's really special about that—that that six and O home record. Man, it's been a long time since fam. You could go out and say you can't beat us at home. Is that right? Well, uh, you know what? That's something that as a program uh, we talked a lot about. You know, we set goals for ourselves every season, obviously, like most teams do. And one of those first goals is being undefeated at home. That's right. You know, you think about the dominant programs during our time: the Miami right, Hurricanes, right. the Florida State Seminoles. <laughs> Nebraska, you know, no one was going into their backyard and beating them. And, and we want to have that same And there was type. a fair amount of intimidation because of that, right? <laughs> no because, doubt about it. Yeah, and uh, man, I was it was just fascinating to see that. And, and uh, you know, we talked a lot last time about, you know, you being from this area and, and what it felt like to come back. But, I, you know, now I really want to <laughs> ask you, you know, what does it feel like to bring this proud program back to glory uh, like you've done? You know, it, it feels really good. Um, not so much for personal reasons. You know, but it feels good because I grew up, you know, idolizing Florida and them and Florida and them football, and, and to see the, the the pride back, to see the excitement back around the the football team, the alumni, you know, the student body. Uh, that's what's most rewarding for me as a right. head coach. You know, we go around the city to just see the the excitement on Rattlers' faces, even Seminoles. You know, we yeah. get so much uh, support from from this community and to see everyone feeling good about Florida and them again to, to bring some positive news to the hill as opposed to some of the negativity that we faced over the last year or so. Uh, I think that's the part that's most rewarding. Well, I, and I'm glad you 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 talk about some of the elements here, right? Because, listen, we, we can talk about a record all day, and, you know, we learned from your coach, Dabo Sweeney, that it ain't always just about that. It's the little things that come that build a team up uh, to the point where you can't – it's not just about winning one year. It's about building a foundation so that you are – you have the, the chance to win every year. You're protecting your home base uh, because guys know that there's something – extra um, at stake uh, and they rise to the occasion. Um, so when you think about just sort of the, the you know, the elements of, of building a program, um, did the season live up to um, the, 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 the sum of all parts? Well, I think you said it best. You know, it's the little things. You know, it's the little things that we focus on as a football team, uh, you know, that takes care of the big things. And so when we look back on this season, 
Uh, that's what I'll be most proud of. That's what I'm most proud of. It, it, it's the little things that we did. It's our guys making a commitment to, to go to class every single day, making a commitment to do things in the community. When we travel on the road, everyone knows that we find some type of community service project to do whatever city we get to. You know, we, right, these guys right. have gone to, to elementary, middle schools. These guys have gone to VA hospitals. They've gone to the state capitol up in South Carolina, you know, doing things and, and, and networking with prominent alum. And those are the things that, that I'm most proud of. It's easy to judge this team by our record. Yes. And say 9-2 is a great season. There, there are even some who will judge us by what happens in the Florida Classic. So they'll say the season wasn't a success. Mm-hmm. you know. But again, I, I judge our success off of what, and Dabo said it best, and it sounds like a cliche, but, but this team, this 2019 team, what their success won't be defined today. It'll be defined five years from now. Wow. Ten years wow. from now. That's when a, when you, we're able to bring this team back there. and see how many of them have graduated, how many of them have jobs, how many of them are prominent leaders in their community, are really making change in this world, that's when we'll determine whether this 2019 season was a success or not. And that's that's our, that's our focal point as a coaching staff. Well, I, you, you said a mouthful there, and, I, and that is so true. Um, and again, it, it's, it's the sum of the parts, right? And there's so many parts here, and you get that, um, and that's and I think that's that's a part of your success. Uh, and 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 those of us out here, uh, I mean, all of us can appreciate that. You know, I, I we we talked a little bit also about the postseason ban, and I, I gotta say, I feel I, I feel for your seniors some, right? Because to have a season like this, to be on top of the game, and 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 to have to sit back and watch. You know the playoff and the, the celebration bowls, um, knowing that 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 you would have been a part of them. How does it how does it feel from a, your perspective though to to have a season like that? And now you got to just kind of sit back and watch. Well, you know anyone who knows me um, knows that, that I'm what you would call an internal optimist. You know I try to find the the, the silver lining. You know and everything and, and and I look at it as a positive. You know these guys could have easily taken this season. And say, you know, we don't have anything to play for. And just going out there and been individuals and try to get all the, the, the individual accolades that they could have gotten. And But they decided to come together as a team. And, and when we look back on it, I, I, can, I can rest easy knowing that this team accomplished tremendous things this year. You know, yes, it would have been nice to be preparing for the Celebration Bowl right now. It would be nice to be able to outright you know, claim MEAC champions, you know, yeah, as opposed right. to being told we can't, mm-hmm. quote unquote, say MEAC, you know, yes. we can't say we're the MEAC champs. And, and so all those things would have been nice. But again, it, 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 we, we learn more, I think, in in failure or defeat than we do in victory a lot a lot of times. So I think this postseason ban or this, this self-imposed ban that we have uh, has made us learn a lot about what not to do you know how do we prevent this from happening again you know we, we, we as a university as an institution as a fan base as an athletics department how do we prevent these type of things from happening again and I think that's the that's the resounding message from our new athletics director Courtney Gaucher from Dr. Robinson our president you know from everyone involved is let's celebrate this team for what they've accomplished but more than anything else let's make sure we're doing the right things to make sure that this program is moving forward in the right way so that we don't ever come into a situation again where the things we do on the field can't be maximized uh, you know with this football team well I'm glad you mentioned the new AD uh, that's been uh, headlines for the last couple days that you got a you got a new AD coming in um, and uh, young guy uh, well 
uh, you know, what is he, 31 years old, mm-hmm. uh, just leaving University of Miami over there. I can tell you, I, I talked to the AD over there. They weren't ready for him to go. Uh, so that, that means a lot. Um, are you? Ex- I, and I know that we're all expecting great things, but there seems to be a movement happening at FAMU right now. I mean, I think your hire was a part of that, right? And now you got a new a- AD in, and it was it's it's, it's great that you mentioned him. Uh, but I, I, did you know him before? I mean, how's your relationship with him? Well, you know, we 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 have some of the same um, professional friends, so to speak. Okay, um, you know, he followed me. Uh, my, my, when I left Middle Tennessee State, he was coming in, and okay. so we never worked together. Uh, you know, we never had that type of relationship. Um, he did reach out to me uh, uh, two, two years ago when the Prairie View, uh, well, last year rather, when the Prairie View athletic uh, director job came open, he reached out to me to see if I knew anyone because he wanted to try to get in on that job. Um, but again, you know, we don't have a personal relationship to that extent, but. I know enough people in the profession, you know, who who rave about Courtney Gauthier, you know, who say tremendous things about him. I haven't heard one person say anything negative about him. Um, even today, my friend Brian Jenkins, you know, who's a head uh, track and fields coach down in South Florida now, who's a local product as well, sent me a text, hey, you got Courtney coming, man, great guy. And so you can see his vision. You know, he can articulate his vision. You can see his passion. Uh, you, you can see the wealth of knowledge that he has. And, and I think a lot of times people say, oh, well, he's young. Well, you look at yep. it now. Now, yep. I, mean, I just said it. <laughs> right. You know, you look at his chronological age, yes, but he's got a ton of experience. He started early. Yeah, he I started really early. And, and in that, in that's college, the, he yeah. was head of equipment over right. at, uh, at, at, was it, was it well, Jack, Jacksonville State Jacksonville where he went State, to school and then right. up to Middleton. So he, he's been in administration for a relatively long time, you know. So even if you say his chronological age is young, it's his experience that makes him qualify for the job. And if you look around athletics now, there's a move and a shift to more uh, chronological age, younger guys, so to speak. You know, some of the hottest coaches in college football now are young guys. Joe Brady, the, the passing game coordinator at LSU, is the hottest name in college football. He's 30 years old. That's right. You know, that's right. Uh, Sean McVay, who went to a Super Bowl last year with the Rams, is 33. You that's know what right. I mean? That's so right. it's not that's necessarily right. about having to get a guy that's... Prove that. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of guys out there proving... Girls out there proving that every day. Exactly. I mean, still, there's people that look at me all the time when I go places to raise money, That's and they, right. oh, you're the head coach. Why you, you, you're young, aren't you? You know what I mean. And so, again, all those things play into it. But it's, it's the experience that you have, it's the passion that you bring to your job every single day, it's your willingness to work with people and inspire people and, and listen to new ideas. That's what makes you a, a good at what you do. Not necessarily the, the amount of years you've done it, because sometimes the old saying it is hard to teach an old dog new tricks. That's so right. To speak, you know. That's so right. I think you know there needs to be an infusion of innovative ideas for us to do something that we've never done before here at Florida and them. Because we have to think outside of the box. You know, we're a low resource institution. We do have the largest alumni base in, in all the HBCUs. We have a lot of contacts throughout the United States, but we have to do some things differently and, and innovatively because of some of the restrictions we have within the state of Florida to make it work. And so I think a guy like Courtney will, will bring in some ideas, bring some people in that can you know sh- shift the, the paradigm a little bit to, to get us to the level where we can have sustainable success you know and I tell you it's a it's it's a and you mentioned some of this think the things that are unique to FAMU and HBCUs because one of the things that athletic directors at other places don't have to deal with and I read that Courtney was talking about how he would fundraise but that's a different thing athletic directors don't really have to fundraise I mean but 
it sounds like he's he's taking that on uh, because it's a it's it's something that really needs some attention uh, here at home. No question about it. You know, again, whenever you're at this level, you know, which all of us in the, in, in the MEAC, the SWAC. All FCS schools, even the mid-majors, we're considered low-resource institutions, which means we don't have the multi-million dollar TV contracts that you the ACC, the SEC and, and all those places do. Right. We don't yeah. have the, the, the multi-multi-million dollar donors who you know contribute millions of dollars every year to our athletics program. So, you know, we do have to go out and raise money. We do yeah. have to get our alumni base, you know, to give. And we have 80,000 living alumni. That a small percentage of those actually give to athletics. Now we have a, a larger portion given to the university, but who actually give to athletics is a small percentage. And so, part of Courtney's job is to put engage, all the, put all that to together, pull that together right? and engage our alumni so and, and the best out and, of and yeah. touch, yeah. Uh, find a way to touch our eighty thousand alumni to give. And if eighty thousand give a hundred dollars. How much can we generate? You know, and I think it's strength in numbers, and we have to utilize our strength in numbers. And Courtney sees that, he understands that, and I'm excited about what he'll bring to the table. Well, it's so interesting that that I think the, what the youth of you and 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 the new AD is going to bring to the table, and and just the decisions that are being made. There's a momentum that is here. How do you use that momentum uh, in going out to recruit on the trail? I mean, obviously you got a 9-2 record to to add to that. But but does this help you as you as you begin to sort of get out there and 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 try to bring the best of FAMU? No, no question about it. You know, I think everyone loves a winner. And and the more you win, the more your name gets out, and the more positive things are said about your program. And 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 we live in a social media age. And so when you Don't can, we? when when you can <laughs> Weekly post the big victories, the, the us being ranked in the top twenty-five, all these things. Ryan Stanley breaking, you know, records that are still for twenty-plus years, you know. And, and I, I commend Brian Howard, our SID Sports Information Information Director, because he does a phenomenal job of putting that stuff out weekly. Graphics, great, tremendous graphics of our team, of our accomplishments. And there's an 18 year old who's sitting there in high school whose mom might have gone to FAMU, whose next door neighbor might have gone to FAMU, who's heard about Florida and them, but he's never really seen anything good from the athletics program in 10 years because the football team really hadn't performed that well. But now he gets to open the paper or get online or hear people talking and he said, Well, you know what? Well, I have been hearing that FAMU's got a great business school I want to major in business they have a great journalism school I want to major in journalism well let me look at this football team and now he sees that you have a football team who's highly successful you have a, you have players who are going to get shots in the NFL and making all American and all conference and breaking records well then that attracts him to our university and that's that's what recruiting is all about it's about brand recognition it's about you know uh, being able to sell something and now we can sell not only a top-notch academic experience here at Florida and now because it's second to none now we can boast a, a top-notch football program as well and that that definitely helps recruiting and I think we'll be able to use that momentum to continue to attract some of the best and brightest hitters to the hill well what stands out in my mind still is what you said 10 minutes ago and that is what are they doing five years from now did we lead them to graduation did we make them uh, responsible men so I, I think that's phenomenal as well now I gotta you mentioned something else a few minutes ago that I, I it wasn't lost on me and I can't let it go but you mentioned them Bethune-Cookman Wildcats man and I gotta tell you and, and to the fans out there Rattler fans I gotta tell you I was a little disappointed in a lot of y'all because uh, a lot of y'all were going off like 
the season didn't exist, <laughs> that the only thing that mattered was was pouncing on those Wildcats. Uh, I got a feeling we're gonna get to that. But but coach, why does why why do they have our number? What is going on here? Well, you know, in football, um, which in, in life a lot of times, you know, it comes down to the little things. And 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 I can say, you know, we didn't do the little things right in that game. And and as a head coach, I take full responsibility for that. And so, you know, I when you're dealing with 18 to 23 year olds in this game of football, uh, a vast majority of, of their performance is mental. You know, it's psychological. Okay. And, and these okay. guys have this senior class has has heard about this nine year at the time eight year drought for their whole careers. You know, Ryan Stanley has heard that his legacy will be defined by what happens in the Florida Classic. You know, Elijah Richardson, with as much passion as he has, you know, really wants to win that game. So, a lot of times we have to be careful. Not to put too much "quote unquote" pressure on the guys to perform because it makes you tense. It tenses you up, and it makes right, you, you know, right. it, it prevents you from being able to go out and play loose. You want the guys to be loose, and I felt that honestly for the first time, even more so this year than last year, that our guys were tense. That they were a little bit, pre- they were pressing too much to try to win the game. Last year, uh, I thought that you know you had two teams that were. Kind of evenly matched You know We had Lost two games in conference or They had lost two games in conference And so we were pretty evenly matched Well this year You have a team who Hadn't lost Which is us You have a team who's lost Three games already That's right That's And right. so The pressure was on us to, to win the game To be undefeated In conference play To you know Finally break this streak And, and I really truly believe That, that our guys um, Went into the game Too tense And they played Like they had nothing to lose you know, Bethune played. Which they, they did. They, they did. did. They, they, had they knew your record when you came. Right. They knew y'all were celebrating a great season, and all they wanted to do was knock you off. That's it. You and know? they felt like they could. And they felt like they could. They felt like they could. Exactly. But I gotta tell you, man. I, I look. I believe you're gonna beat them next year, <laughs> and I believe you're gonna beat them for a long time. Right. Uh, and I think you know. I think your guys know that too. You know, when you when you when you're and you said it. I mean. When you're tense and you feel like everything is 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 on this one thing, it it makes you different. Yeah, I mean it really does. But but we're gonna have a big party around here, man, next season when you blow them out. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I ain't mad. listen, all you Wildcats out there, you can be mad because y'all acted up after that game. Well, and, and, you know, that's but that's what rivalries are, and that's what makes the game so special to so many people. It is a rivalry, and it is, it is a game that people get bragging rights for 364 days. That's right. That's and so right. you know we understand that. At the end of the day, I I don't back down from that. I'm still going to go throughout the community. I know I'm going to hear about it when I go raise money. I know I'm going to hear about it when I talk on radio shows. I know I'm going to hear about it. <laughs> that's right. But that's, that's a part right. of it. And, and again, we learn a lot more about ourselves in defeat a lot of times than we do in victory. Well, so if you don't, then there's a problem. Exactly. So right? we're, we're still growing as a program. You know, we're still ascending and trending in the right direction. And, and again, I, I I truly believe that this team returning is coming in with another chip on their shoulders, you know, and it's something that this this 2019 team had. They had a chip on their shoulders when they came in. You look at it from a psychological standpoint, well, let's say we had beaten Bethune. Let's say we're 10-1. 10 one that's right. We've beaten everybody at our level. The only game we've lost is UCL. Well, what's the incentive for our guys coming back this year? You know, now I got to play psychological mind games with this 2020 team to figure out how to motivate them. I won't have to say anything to motivate them this year because they know that we got to take the next step, which is, Hopefully undefeated in conference play, outright conference championship, 
chance to go play in the Celebration Bowl for, you know, hopefully a Black College National Championship. So there's still a lot on the table for this football team moving forward. But again, I, I, I stress to the, the point that that game, even though we all hate to lose it, no one more than me, it doesn't undermine what these guys have been able to do this year on the football field in the classroom. And I'm forever indebted to this senior class for what they're able to do. And that's of all of losing the game doesn't hurt me. And that sounds bad because in you know, life you lose. I hurt for Ryan Stanley. I hurt for Elijah Richardson, Terry yeah, Jefferson, DeMontre, those, those seniors right. who, who never I, beat them. Who never beat them. Right, and, and, right. and I really wish that they could have gone out beating our in-state rival so that when people do talk about Ryan Stanley in 10, 15 years, they can compare him to the all-time greats at the university because I know this will be something that will always uh, kind of tarnish his legacy, the fact that he never beat Bethune. Well, I, I got to tell you, though, uh, it, the program's bigger than one game, and you keep saying that, and, and we got to we gotta know that, and we got to believe it, and I know the fans do. Uh, we're very proud of you. We're very proud of uh, this season, and I, I put on social media every time we talk about you, uh, hashtag I am a fan, because I love what you bring into this game. I hope we can keep you a long time, man. <laughs> I, I, and I ain't going to bring it up. I ain't going to ask you nothing. I'm just saying we need you. We need you to stay here. We need you to go. I don't care how. I think I think you have the trajectory to, to, to make history. Um, for FAMU and HBCUs before you move on to, to, to you know, pro teams or whatever, <laughs> you know, you end up doing. But I just want to say thank you. Uh, and I think I represent a lot of fans out there and a lot of Rattlers. So we thank you for this season. And what, so what do we look forward to next season? Well, you know, again, we, we, we lost 14 seniors, which is a relatively small number, you know, uh, with people who people understand um, when you have a team of 105 you only lose 14 guys. Now, Ryan Stanley is going to be tough to replace. Elijah Richardson, DeMontre Moore, Terry Jefferson, some of those guys will be extremely hard to replace, not so much because of their athleticism or their ability to throw a football, but it's because of their leadership. And okay. so from a talent standpoint, I truly believe we'll have a more talented team in 2020 than we had in 2019. And I think that's pretty scary for the rest of the league. But I, tr I do think we'll be more talented. My only concern is who's going to now step up to lead this that's team right. okay. the way that those guys led. Because that's the one thing that they were able to do. And, and, and as a coach, I'm the type of coach, and I think Dabo's the same way, and that's why you know we have a lot of similarities, that I empower our guys. And I tell them all the time, it's their football team. It's not my team. It's their team. And they will do with it what they choose. And so Elijah Richardson took ownership of that. Ryan Stanley, those guys took ownership of that, and they treated it like their team. So I didn't have to discipline guys from missing runs or missing class or missing weights. If somebody came late to a team meeting, Elijah Richardson disciplined with the rest of the seniors. Mm -hmm. If they showed up a second late to wait, like the seniors disciplined those like guys. That. And so they took ownership of that team. And so now it's a matter of well, who's the guy that's going to step up and take the mantle now. You know, who's well, going to be the, the new leader of this football team? And if we can find that, I, I think it'll be scary how good we can be. Wow. Well, Coach, that, that just means that you uh, you helped develop men there. So congratulations and thank you. Uh, and we'll see you, we'll see you again soon because we – we paying attention. And we, and we like to talk to you. So, everybody, Willie, Sim, Willie Simmons, uh, the coach at Florida A&M University, we are most proud of. Y'all stay with us. We'll be right back with the Pittman Point right after this. 
It's time for Pittman's Point. Welcome back to the Sean Pittman Show. And big, big thank you to Coach Willie Simmons. Man, what a great future that he has. What a bright, bright future that he has for Florida A&M football. And uh, as I say on social media, I'm a big, big fan. So thank you, Coach Simmons. We'll see you soon. Now it's time for the Pittman Point. Not too long ago, guys, we had attorney Benjamin Crump on the show to talk about his work. We talk about his new book, Open Season, which is available now, by the way. You can go online and buy it. Um, But I'm not talking necessarily about the book. But if you've been paying attention to social media or the news, you saw that George Zimmerman, the man who shockingly was acquitted of what a lot of people have called the cold-blooded murder of Trayvon Martin is now looking to sue Trayvon's family and our friend attorney Benjamin Crump. Y'all, for $100 million. That, did you hear me? $100 million. George Zimmerman has decided to try to sue Trayvon's family and attorney Benjamin Crump. Now, okay, y'all. Let's, let's keep in mind that this is the same person that everybody called a racist, uh, that he was bigoted and a soulless person who sold memorabilia. You remember he sold memorabilia related to that murder. You remember that? Once he was cleared of the charges, we do know he sold the the gun, the firearm that uh, he that was used to kill Trayvon Martin. He sold it at an auction. Um and he gained money. And there was somebody out there who bought it for $100,000. Let me repeat for those of you who didn't know, George Zimmerman has sold items, including the firearm that he used to kill Trayvon Martin at an auction uh, for his own monetary game in this sick, sadistic garage sale that he had. Um, it should make all of our skin crawl. And I know that it does. But y'all, he's back again with another money grab and this time he's filed a lawsuit that you know for those people out there who believe he murdered Trayvon Martin in cold blood this is gonna really really make you upset but I believe that we live in a society where we have made it okay to come out and live our prejudices out loud parading them for the whole world to see and taking this country back to decades if not hundreds of years because make no mistake there's a reason that the gun that murdered and killed Trayvon Martin sold for $100,000 that is because there was a buyer for it y'all so listeners I'm not asking everyone to go out there and and, and try to cure this world of racism because unfortunately, I don't believe it'll happen anytime soon. But I challenge us on this Sunday, this holy day, and the Pittman Point today challenges us to fight hate with kindness. Christmas is just around the corner and a new year right in front of us. So let's start with no malice in our hearts. Let's fight hate with kindness. Let's fight hate with love. And even when hate's name is George Zimmerman, and he may deserve no better. This is the Sean Pittman Show. We'll see you in seven.